0: Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. It's great when the presence of God fills up church, isn't it? It's nothing better, nothing I love better. Well, we are... We are doing WWD, WWD. Who remembers what WWD, WWD stands for? What's it stand for? Awesome. Why we do what we do. What compels us as a church? What drives us? What motivates us to do what we do? Last week I talked about Connect connect you to Jesus. That's the first part of our vision. And and the way that we're doing that at the moment is to make sure that we are making room in our lives for people who don't know Jesus. But we're also making rooms as a church. And part of the way that we're doing that is by doing our second service. That is another room that people can come and they can meet Jesus. So make room and make rooms because we are here first and foremost for the people who aren't here yet. Isn't that true? That's why Jesus came. I also talked about develop last week, which is, to, which is all about helping you, helping me, helping us together grow and develop into a follower of Christ not a follower of a set of rules, not a follower of religion, not a follower of some positive ideas. We want to develop you as a follower of Christ because it's always all about Jesus. He must be at the centre of all that we do. So today we're talking about empower. So our vision is connect, develop and empower. Empower is empower you to build the church. The Christian life is lived through the finished work of Christ and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. The Christian life is lived through the finished work of Christ. When Jesus Christ died, and rose again, when he went down to hell, he took, the Bible says, the keys of sin and death and he triumphed over them for us and from that point, from that moment, every single thing changed. Everything changed. When we come to Jesus, when we ask him into our lives, we are given his DNA. And that's exciting. The Christian life is lived through that finished work. And it is also lived through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 3 says, I pray from his glorious unlimited resources. Well, we have to stop there. Did you know that's the God that you and I serve? From his glorious unlimited resources, I pray That he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. The Christian life is lived through the empowerment of the spirit. Let the weak say, I am strong. Because you have the power of God inside you. You have the DNA. You have the, the God who spoke the universe into existence. The God who separated night from dark, uh, day from light, light from dark inside you. He lives in us and he empowers us every single day. Some of you saying, I don't feel it, doesn't make it not true. And part of this empowerment is so that his body, the church, would be mobilised so that his body, the church, would rise up and advance his kingdom. Not retreat and lose our voice and become ineffective and become quieter and become smaller and become defeated and, 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 and just disappear. Isaiah says this, Isaiah 2 says, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will rise above other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. People from many nations will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of Jacob's God. There he will teach us his ways. We will walk in his paths for the Lord's teaching will go out from Zion. His word will go out from Jerusalem. The future of the church is not that it's getting smaller and smaller. It's actually getting larger and larger. The Bible says in the last days it will be, what does it say? (laughs) The most important place on earth. It's getting larger and larger. Part of our vision is to empower you, Christ's body, to build the church. Why? 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 Because that's how we advance the kingdom. That's actually the way that he set it up. We build the church so that his kingdom is advanced. It's part of God's plan. It is God's plan. It's God's plan for each and every one of us. No one, no one is left out of this plan. Every single person in the church is part of this plan. And you know, there's, there's one very important attribute attribute we need to build the church and I'm talking about this attribute today what is it it's the attribute of servanthood it's the attribute of being a servant being a servant is actually one of if not the secret to greatness some might think that secret to greatness is not what you know but who you know it's connections Some people think that um, it's money or financial clout. You can buy your way into anything. Some think that that you're, you're great if you've got a big house and a fancy car. But none of those things are God's definition of greatness. His definition is actually very different because none of those things actually last, and we know that. We can't take any of that with us. And we're only here for a, a short period of time, but we're there forever. We're in heaven forever. And we're here for, for this short period of time, and, and, and what we do here matters, because we want as many people as we can get to be there, right? Yeah, yeah we do. I'm glad. I'm glad you agree. God, God thinks differently to us and he says the secret to a great life is in service. It's in giving out. Matthew 20 says, it's not this way among you, but whoever wishes to be great, to become great, shall be your servant. In this kingdom, servanthood has the greatest value. So what is a servant? A servant is someone who helps others first, who puts the needs of others before their own, who goes out of their way for another person? There's a beautiful story in Genesis 24. Nathan spoke about uh, Abraham and his son Isaac, and Isaac got old, and he decided. Well, Abraham decided it's time for you to get married, mate. And so Abraham spoke to his servant, and he said, "I don't want my son to marry anyone." From any of the Canaanites, I want you to go to my homeland and I want you to find a suitable wife for my son. So the servant, being a great servant, said, yep, I'm on it. And so the servant went on a journey and when he got to, this, to, to Abraham's um, homeland, he prayed a prayer to God and he said, God, Make her be beautiful, make her have great teeth, make her have really nice hair, make her be really strong. No, he didn't say any of that. He wasn't looking for any of that. He asked for one thing. He wanted someone who was a servant. He said, when, when, I, when I go up to this well, can you, the right person, whoever the right person, can, can this woman come and, 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 and give me, offer me water? Offer me a drink. So Rebecca comes along on this day. She may have been having a good day. She may have been having a bad day. Who knows? But she's there at the well. And she knew nothing about the prayer that Abraham's servant prayed. She knew nothing about the opportunity that was coming her way to totally change her destiny forever. She knew nothing about it. And she she just saw a man who needed water and out of who she was, she offered him water and then she went above and beyond and offered to feed his camels water too. See, servanthood was there, It it was in her heart, generosity was in her heart, being helpful was in her heart. She wasn't thinking there's an old guy over there, if I give him water, what will he give me? What can I get out of this? What can I scheme and plan and work my way around so that I can just get something good for myself? She was, that, that was not in her, anywhere in her thinking. She didn't look at him and go, man, there's an old guy, maybe he could help me. He could carry my water. She just had a genuine servant heart and that servant heart Opened doors for her She was. The Bible says she, You can read about it in Genesis 24 The Bible says she was given trev- treasures From this servant And her act of servanthood Moved her into her destiny It opened a door It opened a door so wide And I'm here to tell you today Some of you are going to have opportunities Coming your way And do you know what people are looking for? They're looking for a servant heart I'm not just talking about in church I'm talking about in your world Servanthood is going to open doors for some of you. Yeah. Just like it opened a door for Rebecca. it is going to open doors for some of you into greater places. Jesus said it like this, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life a ransom for many. That's, that's the Christian life right there. Unless I learn how to serve others unless I learn how to give my life away, I will never be like Jesus Christ. I may say I'm a Christian. I may have doctrine in my head. I may have thoughts. I may have ideas. I may be intelligent. I may know so much. But unless I learn how to serve and give, I'm not actively serving Jesus. Because that's what he did. So... Here's some things about servanthood the first one is we've actually been gifted for service god just doesn't say just serve he says i've given you gifts to use he put talents in each one of us that are there to help others others some of you are thinking what where some some of you totally underestimate your talent you totally underestimate that you have anything that others could, could be blessed by. Others can be blessed by the talent that is inside you yeah. if you let it out. Some people overestimate their talent. But the truth is every person has talent. And God says do something with them. Are you sitting on your talents? Are you ignoring them? Are you hiding them? Are they laying unused? God has given them to us to be used. 1 Peter 4 says, As each one, I think that's everyone, as each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another. 1 Corinthians 12 says, But to each one, I think that's everyone, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. We're given stuff for the common good, and it's actually called ministry. It's called service. Once we've given our life to Christ, the Bible says God gave those abilities to us so that we can help others. Mother Teresa says, I have found the paradox that if you love until it hurts, there can be no more hurt, only more love. See, we're called the body of Christ. You know that. And the Bible says that we, we actually function as a body. We've all got different parts. One body, different parts, and each part is necessary, each part is important. Ephesians 4 actually says it like this, that we are, our body is fitted and held together by every single joint as it does its work. And as every single joint does its work, it causes growth. That's exciting, Paul and I were in a church. We met in a church that had this great song that we like to sing to each other every now and then. And my brother's laughing because he, he sang it too. We're the body of Christ joined together by the Spirit of God. We're the body of Christ every joint supplying to each other's need. We're the body... Can you believe that people sang those songs? <laughs> Come on, people. But it's true. Every joint supplies the needs as the whole body works together. That's how it works. What happens in our life when parts of our physical body start functioning pro- stop functioning properly? It doesn't work. I got pneumonia on around Christmas this year, and I didn't know I had pneumonia. I just thought I didn't feel very good, because I didn't. And all the places were shut, so I thought, oh, yeah, I'll go and see a doctor when the surgery, my surgery opens. And twice while I was in that state, I went for a run. <laughs> and I didn't know I was that sick, OK? <laughs> Normally, being sick doesn't stop me from exercising. I had to do it anyway. But I have this watch. That tells me my heart rate, and it, seriously, it started telling me, stop, woman, or you're going to die. Like it was doing all sorts of crazy, crazy stuff. Because I couldn't breathe. You know, that should have been a hint. <laughs> <laughs> should have, wasn't. Paul just goes, you are crazy woman. And the reason I couldn't function properly was because my body wasn't working Together, All the parts weren't working properly. We need each other to function properly. We need each other doing our own special part. We need everyone using their gift for us to function properly. 1 Corinthians 12 says, But there, now there are many members but one body, and an eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, or again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. They need you. We need you. The strength of our church is actually in all of these amazing volunteers that stand up here, that are out there doing kids' church, that come to the prayer meeting and pray, that, that make coffee after church, that, that put things on chairs, what have I forgot, that, that do have a youth program that runs on a Friday night, that reach out and do CAP courses. You know, that is actually the strength of our church, yeah. It's not the staff of the church, it's you guys. You are the strength of our church. And we know that. Some people say God gave me gifts to use outside of the church, not within the church. We have to use our gift outside of the church. And we should. But I want to suggest to you that he gave you gifts to use inside of the church as well. Yeah. Ephesians 4 says this, their responsibility, that's the fivefold ministries, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. We are designed to function together without all of us actively mobilised, we don't work properly. So if God has placed you in a church, he wants you to get involved in the church, in using your gift in the church. I have such a passion for church, obviously. But I had this passion for church since I was this big. Since I was five, I would be in church, never miss church, be early for church, serve in church. I've done everything in church. I always say this apart from kids' ministry, and there's a good reason for that. (laughs) Because I'm not good at it. Whatever is needed. Some people say, here I am, this is my gift. Well, what, yeah, start serving, what's needed. Some people come to church and sit back and say, wow, music was a bit loud today. And she went on and on. Seriously, that woman. <laughs> I wish she would just quiet, and just a bit shorter, maybe. And the kids' program, you know, oh, I don't know, my... Coffee was cold. Where's the food? You know, they, they, it's, It happens. People just give it a score, but do you know what? The church is Jesus bride. If you're married here today, how do you feel, husband, when someone criticizes your wife? How do you feel? What do you think?, hey, man, I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to give you a. How do you think Jesus feels when we criticise his church? We are his bride. He's coming back for us. And he loves us. And he... We're just... We're, we're doing the best we can. And do you know what? You can make it better by being involved. You can make it so much better by being involved. So... You've been gifted for service. The second thing is that service makes life meaningful. Jesus said, For whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life, for my sake and the gospel's sake, will save it. Because some say, I'm too busy. I'm too busy to serve. We all give our life away for something. You give your life away for something. I give my life away for something. Some people give their life totally away for their career. They climb, they climb, they climb, they climb, they climb, they get up there and they think, okay, well, what now? It's so important to be in the marketplace, to be successful, to make a difference, but it's not all there is to life. Some people give their life away to get a big bank account and then they, they die... I say to my mum, Mum, please spend the money because when you die, we are going to spend it. (laughs) And we are going to enjoy it. So, for heaven's sake, will you please have a fun life? This is what I say to my mum. There are six of us and we don't mind spending money. But that's what happens. You get a big, big bank account, and then what happens? You're not here. And you can't take it anywhere. Some people give their whole life to get some kind of thrill or pleasure. You know, I want to climb the highest mountain or sail the, I don't know, jump off the cliff and the adrenaline junkies. And that's fine, but there's more to life. We're going to give our life for something. The question is, are we going to give our life to something that lasts forever? to something that affects people's eternity. Yeah. How much is it going to matter in heaven? When we die, is it even going to matter at all? It's because the thing is, things don't matter, but people matter. Yeah. And, and it's people we need to give our life for. It's, it's people we need to be sowing into. It's people we need to be serving. It's, it's why we're here, for the people that aren't here yet. It's why we do what we do. It's why, you know, people get here at seven fifteen in the morning and do what they do, you know, and yeah. stay late and come and pray. and it's, it's beautiful. It's about building an eternal kingdom, the kingdom of God here on earth, and we get the opportunity to be in on that plan as we sow into His kingdom. It brings meaning into our lives. 2 Corinthians 5 I've said this a lot in church this month Christ's love has moved me to such extremes His love has the first and last word in everything we do Our firm decision is to work from this focus centre One man died for everyone That puts everyone in the same boat He included everyone in his death So that everyone could also be included in his life a resurrection life, a life, a far better life than people ever lived on their own. If we've made Jesus Christ the Lord of our life and when we say to him, I will follow you, we will find at times that he will require things of us and we may find that a challenge at times but as we step out and obey, he will require and as we step out and obey, Do you know what? We'll live the most thrilling life. The most thrilling life we can live. We might say, well, God, but what about me? I've got problems and I've got things and what about me? I have found that the best thing to do when life's getting me down and I begin to look at my problems and I feel like they're mounting up on me, I stop looking at me and my problems and I start looking at others And I start giving out to others. And you know what I found happens when I do that? God looks after me. God meets my needs. It's an absolutely wonderful truth. Whatever is inside of us, God... Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au We hope to see you in church again this weekend.